Hi, this is Jonathan, aka Roadblock, and I play Jonathan the Match Muscular, the Human Wizard. Hi, I'm Jules. I am the rock gnome Bernice Q. Burns. Hi, this is John, aka That Film Guy. I'm going to be playing your half orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks, who was in fact raised by wolves and is too enamored of ale, wine, and other intoxicants. Hi, I'm Jack Edithil, and I'm playing Travancore, a half elf archer and the viceroy of Glenmar. And I am Lauren, aka Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. Ladies and gentlemen, last time on Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks, the party went to the Temple of Shanti and spoke with Edian Falconmoon about a family farm they discovered. Falconmoon was grateful for their assistance and would assist Leosian and the governor in gathering more information about these evil dragon cultists. Outside, they were approached by Dorvine, who asked the party to go hunting, offering gold in exchange for meat. After taking on a pack of wild boar and a few giant ones, the group began to gather the meat supplies when a mysterious voice called out, asking for help. And that's where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. I'm your DM, Lauren, aka Obocrazy, and tonight I am back to a standard favorite of mine, some Pyramid Hefeweizen, because it's awesome. Uh, let's go with Jules. I'm Jules, and I play Bernie, and I, this week, am drink, drinking another one of my favorite beers, which is Natty Green's Buckshot Amber Ale. Natty Greens is based out of Greensboro, North Carolina, named after a Revolutionary War hero, and it's fucking legit. I like any beer that's named after a gun. Uh, Jonathan. Hi, this is Jonathan. I'm playing Jonathan the Magic Muscular, and I have a apple ginger angry orchard cider that is waiting mm -hmm. for me in my fridge. <laughs> and while he's off to go get that, let's go Travancore. Hi, internet darling Jack Edithil here. Tonight, I am drinking a Walt Whit, locally brewed in Philadelphia. It contains chamomile. Does it contradict itself? Very well. It contradicts itself. <laughs> and finally, Carlton. Hi, just... right, this is John playing Carlton. Wait, and... hold on, hold on. Everybody <laughs> wait, got wait, that back reference up. tweeted us. <laughs> <laughs> that would be at Dungeon Drunks if you would like to tweet at us about that amazing reference. And once again... Carlton. Uh, John, a.k.a. Carlton, and I am once again drinking Midas Touch because I was too lazy to go out shopping and get something different, and this was what was I have left. It's still good stuff. I mean, considering I got a six-pack of the Pyramid Hefeweizen, and it takes me a while to get through beer, depending on when we record next, I'll probably be drinking this again. Well, I also went through a growler of Live Oak Hefeweizen between then and now, so mm. well, this is the only bottle I have left in the fridge, because it is 9% 9 per bottle, so I don't drink it as often as I do the regular stuff. <laughs> Good stuff. Hey. And he's back. I'll wait for him to put on his headphones before I tell him that he died. All right, Jonathan, roll for damage. You got, <laughs> you got hit. You How? walked away, dude. I literally haven't done anything yet. Well, actually, you guys killed a whole bunch of boar. As you remember, you were out in the woods. You were in the process of dressing the meat and packing it away to bring back to, to Dorveen. Some of you had taken some tusks. There was a head being lopped off. And uh, I. I don't remember exactly who it was, but a couple of you rolled high enough that you heard, Help me. I heard it. Help me. That's creepy. Um, so you want to get this meat back to Dorveen before it expires? I Wait, hold on, guys. I have, a, I have a legitimate just question. I don't remember what spells I used and what I didn't. Does cutting up the meat count as a rest of sorts? 
It's a short rest. It's I will. I will rest. give you a short okay. rest. Not a long rest. You didn't like get back health points. You, you don't get back any of your spell slots, but you did have a short rest. Well, that's what okay. I mean. I don't fucking remember how many spell slots I've used. Okay. Um. Hey guys, want to take a nap while down? we figure this out? We'll we'll keep that in mind in in the future. But for the moment, I just realized I should have been keeping track of that. Yes. I should. Yes, you should. <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on. Now that we're live, eh, this is something I wanted to bring up with the group. I just recently listened to episode three, and it was the one where we had the fight in the bar. And that was yes. a lot of fun. Yes, there was deception, and there was Soria playing. And I realized after listening to that episode, we need to have a talk about death and dying in D&D. <laughs> because clearly no one fucking knows how it works. No, that's fine. That's fine. You you guys are are newer players and you you don't know how this works. And that's you guys okay. Are the graveyard, right? Yes. Yeah, this is this is <laughs> so this is how death and dying in D&D works. And for those of you who don't remember who are listening, the reason that Jonathan the Magimosco was bringing this up is because he was knocked unconscious at the end of that fight. And while everybody else was doing stuff, he lay doing death saving rolls. So here is what happens when a PC, a player character, takes damage that puts them at zero or negative numbers. When that happens, you go unconscious. You can take no actions other than, and this isn't really an action, but on every turn that you were in this condition, you make a death saving throw. So you need to roll, what is it, a 10 or higher, right? You need to roll a 10 or higher. If you roll a natural 20, you immediately gain back one hit point. If you roll a 1, it is considered two failures. So what happens is you get three of these death saving throws. If you fail three before your next extended rest, right? So... Basically, you keep rolling until you get a, a a threesome. If you get three successes, you're considered stable. If you get three failures, you die for good. Well, no, no, but it's it's even worse than that because it doesn't reset at the next combat. Like, whatever death saving throws you've made that day stay with you. Until you take a long rest. Until yes. you take a long rest. So, yes, as Obo just pointed out, if you take, if you fail three death saving throws, you die die that's it nothing short of magic and even that magic is kind of limited can bring your character back jenga made a comment about me being in my character being in the same condition as the two npcs the non-player characters that we had utilized lethal damage on that is not true the npcs that we use non-lethal damage on are unconscious but not making death saving throws lauren tried to point this out but I don't think it, since you guys didn't have any context for it, and since it was the first time we'd run into that situation, I, I can kind of understand the confusion. But just to lay it to rest, if a PC is at negative hit points, it should be a priority, whoever they are, to raise them so they don't have to make any death saving throws and risk failing them. Because like I said, it doesn't reset at the end of combat, it resets at the end of the day. So if I've already failed two death saving throws and we get into another fight, I get knocked down and I fail another one, I'm dead. Good to know. Glad you said it. Let's move on. Good thing we have two people. <laughs> one more heal. thing. So, one more thing. So when they were like, no, Julia, don't worry about healing him. It's cool. Yes. Yes. That I had to listen to that and be like, oh, my God, why did I speak up? 
That's why Soria was like, do, 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 do. she ran on over. <laughs> she, she used Fortunately, the as a bard, essentially on me. As, as now, a bard, she has as, some healing. Now, obviously, Jules can cast a healing spell, and that takes yeah, care of it. Yeah, I have like two. There is, is, there's still the healing skill, right? Yes. And You can what, go over and I make a, a skill. No, I don't. It's a medicine check. I have medicine. Yep, it's no longer just straight heal. It's a medicine check. If you go over and make a medicine check, you stabilize whoever it is. They don't necessarily no. become conscious, but they basically they get stabilized and are okay until the end of the fight. Right. At that or point, or you can yeah. shove a healing potion down their throat, or you can lay on hands and do a, a healing. Thing. I'm gonna heal you with my axe. You can heal someone <laughs> well, with their like, axe, which will like, help and you really can quick. Do that. Like if you're making a medicine check. And and you stabilize. You can play that however you want. Like you can like you can say, I whap you on the chest with the flat of my axe, and then my heart starts pumping again. Yeah, or I can chop off your gangrenous leg. <laughs> it's on sheet number five. Or anyway, maybe I, just I, get I, some I wanted healing. to save that because I, I was feeling a little ranty, and I thought it would be funny. So hopefully it was funny. Maybe I can get some healing lotions and oils and rub them on you. In a look, way. look, you can learn not, healing. So after being on the front lines <laughs> of the core, you're not an orgy guy. Being a little I'm sorry. by all Vice of this, are not orgy guys. <laughs> Jonathan, the Magimuscular, has turned to you all and has started to lecture you on the the merits of being cautious in battle and healing each other and backup, and that maybe he shouldn't be in the front of battle. When you hear once again in the back of your minds. Help me! Help me! Wait a minute. What a, this is this what is in our head. Is it in my brain or is it in the air? It, it I heard is it too. Actually, coming from inside your skull, it feels like it feels like someone is speaking to you in your head. It's That's telepathic not right. In nature, I said you guys want to Marco Polo this shit. Everybody walk like two steps in another direction and see if it gets louder. Wait, before we do that, is there a like, perception check or something we can do to zone in on that at all? or no? I Actually, I want to make an arcana check to see if this is a spell. You can do both. You Just want to let you either. know, while we're figuring this out, this meat's going to spoil. We should get it back to Doreen. We okay. should. Okay, I arcana the fuck out of that. Okay, what'd you roll? I rolled an 18, but my arcana is like, I, I want to say like plus 7 or something. Okay, and Travancore, you were going to give me a perception check? Yeah, let me do it right now. And... I don't perceive much, because I got a five with my bonus. Okay. <laughs> you natural is, one. Yeah. Travancore is really bothered by the fact that he's hearing a voice in his head that is not his own. Jonathan, you kind of reach over and put your hand on his head, because you didn't hear it at first. Right. And you just kind of use your arcane powers to reach out, and you can very clearly see this is a, a telepathic call. And now that you hear it through Travancore... You can pinpoint it. You can compass what direction it is, as though it's it's coming through the air. I go, I go oh, up to Twavin yeah, right and there. I say, Twavin Core, give me your blade. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I have to talk like this. It's part of the spell. Twavin Core, your blade, give it to me now. And then your blade. And I, I so, so, oh, uh, I think it's over here, guys. Sorry sorry about that. Sorry about that, Twavin Core, but yeah, magic is weird. Uh. <laughs> I facepalm. <laughs> Please come quickly. Jonathan the Magic Muscular has determined that there is magic about, and I and I fl and I I'm I'm holding Travancore's head. I'm like, give me your blade, and then I'm like, sorry, magic's weird. And then I'm like, it's this way, and I and I flex like that way. 
by now, Jonathan, Matt, we're used to you pointing and flexing. We're used to that. You don't have to. We know when you point. I you feel flex. like no, but I feel like like people. I don't know who would be watching Jonathan the Magic Muscular or listening to him, but I feel like those people need to be reminded sometimes. His bro sense is tingling. We should follow it. Listen, he's like Bro-sided. a pointer dog. He he has a, a shtick, and he does it well. It's true. But I think Carlton might be right. I don't really want to haul this meat around if we're going to go chase after a, a voice inside of Travancore's head. No offense. There's nothing wrong with hearing voices. <laughs> All right. No, that practicality needs to win now so let's uh let's deliver the meat and then and then we can go chase whispers okay okay can i think really hard we'll try to come back for you to whoever is listening out there you can uh you do hear back after you kind of think these thoughts in your head they're coming for me no please Uh uh-oh he Uh. says they're coming for us me well it sounds like we need to be coming and making a fast meat delivery LMZ. I will say you are about 20 minutes outside of town, and then it's going to take a little while to get back to the Running King, so it could conceivably be about an hour before you come back. Okay, we dig a pit, we have her cast an ice spell. Is this in the opposite direction of town? Uh, It's parallel, so basically town is going to be to the north, and you're hearing this uh to about the west, maybe a little bit southwest. So it's not directly opposite, but it's not in the same direction. Hmm. Does any can anybody cast something cold to f- freeze the meat? We like bury it and we preserve it. Oh, you don't want to bury it to preserve it. Does the cleric have what's that spell called? Uh, repost that keeps a a corpse from from rotting. Um, the cleric might have it level. if it's a readied cantrip which it's not so she can't just do it <laughs> I, I feel like i'm getting a negative on this <laughs> and um she does have spare the dying but it's a little too late for that now and um we could roast it i could do sacred flame and we could bring her jerky do we feel like if how like okay people who are natri how long do we have before this meat spoils I'm going to tell you right now, burying the fucking ground ain't going to work. <laughs> no, that was an option. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's. Okay. Let's it's make a, some. It's an guys, option. Let's make some nature checks option. and see how long we can keep. Oh, we're talking here. about nature checks in the game, not actual realistic ways to preserve meat. Yes, I, I don't love you all to roll a nature check, so not give me does. actual real-life nature. Unless you're about to shit out bricks of salt, we got nothing. Jonathan would have a components pouch that would probably include some salt. 17 to 20 pounds of it? I got a 7. Right, I rolled a 17. I got a rock. I got a 7. <laughs> okay, Carlton, you're pretty sure since you just slaughtered this meat, You've got a little bit of time. If this stuff was going to be hanging out in your pack, say, half the day, or if for some reason you thought you were going to be eating this raw, you'd be kind of concerned. But you're pretty sure that you've you've got a little while before you have to, you know, be really unhappy with this meat. You may, if it takes more than a couple of hours, you're probably going to want Dorveen to warn Dorveen to um, overcook. But it's it's not going to go bad in the next couple of minutes but 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 wait, wait it's not going to take a couple of minutes to get inside of the crazy voice in travancore's head well you do not know this hey jonathan yo remember that time we left two villages to burn 
Yes. I don't want to be that guy anymore. Do you? Well, so this I don't either. Couple. But at the same time, we had we have a contract, like a actual solid deal with Dorveen. And then on the other hand, we have Phantom Voices. I I would love to help both, but we if if we screw our if we screw our rep with Dorveen, then that can be very complicated later on. And we're in a position to help more people later on, the better our connection is with her. Exactly. All right. I reluctantly, I mean, I think we should just go back. I mean, unless it's more than a voice, there's not much more I can do. Exactly. Okay. At the moment, all you hear is a voice. So you're going to head back to town? Hey, let's yeah. do this. Can we make endurance checks to hustle? Uh, you you don't necessarily have to make endurance checks. You you can just, just try to... It was, as I said, you're about 20 minutes outside of town at a, at a decent clip. If you guys wanted to try to just run, you absolutely can. You could probably make it there in, let's say, 15 minutes and then get yourself into town, you know, through the town towards the Running King. You're just going to head in that direction? Be yeah, let's run. Book. Let's book. All right. Hi-ho, Silver. Okay. Up in the saddle. You tally for a moment, Travancore, that you do hear that voice back in your head, but it's it's almost like an echo at this point. You can't really hear it and you guys book your your way back into town you run past Waylon and his wagons you uh just hey guys to the guards and book it on inside carrying pounds and pounds of animal carcasses and a gnome <laughs> and a gnome <laughs> and a gnome i wave yep. i say hi and then we just yeah like, actually carlton why don't you go ahead and, and roll me a, a strength check since you're you're probably carrying the bulk of this stuff Right. Jonathan the Magimuscular can can do a wield here, as it were. Uh, Eleven. Okay. And Jonathan, do you want to sure. roll me a, a, a strength check? <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> oh, hold God. on, hold on. My, I I think oh. I get a five, but I have to make sure. I'm yep, I get a five. Those muscles aren't made of muscle. Carlton, you're having a hard time once you get into town. It, it's been a hard run. You've got this gnome. You're carrying this meat. I'm and a big dude. in front of you, you're, well, you know, but you're a strong dude. You're used to carrying you around. You're used to carrying the gnome. You're not used to carrying the, the boar head and the, the pounds and pounds of boar meat. Travancore is doing his best. Jonathan is coming up behind you like. <gasps> and Bernice, good job keeping pace with me. I And he eventually <laughs> falls over on the right side. Uh, like, just as you guys enter the town. I used like, spare hey, the dying. Poof. Oh, he's not dying. He is oh. just winded and exhausted. And you're going to have to spend about 10, 15 minutes just <sighs> catching your breath. And oh, oh, God, this meat is heavy. Oh. So you spend a few minutes kind of gathering yourself, make your way back into town, finally get into uh, the running king. And through the front doors, you see that the tavern is fairly full. Uh, you notice a couple of the the bartenders. A couple of them look familiar from your time here. You do not see Dorveen herself. Can I? Okay. Can we walk in? And I can I go in my manliest voice, like that Arby's commercial? We have the meat. <laughs> <laughs> you absolutely can. Uh, it kind of sounds is... like we have the meat. <laughs> I go up to the bartender and I'm like, hi, uh, we're leaving this off for Dorveen. Can you see that she gets it and also put it in a cooler or do whatever you need to because it's fresh and we don't want it to spoil and we got here just in time. So if you could also sign how much you got, Dorveen, that'd be great. Yeah. And if we could get a receipt, that'd be great, too. 
<laughs> the bartender that you've approached looks at you just like putting these bags of bloody meat just on top of the bar and then forehead. No, no, that's unsanitary. We wouldn't put them on the bar. We put them like next to the bar or whatever. On the floor where everyone's feet are? That's really sanitary. There you You go. It's going to be cooked. It's going to be cooked. You don't want to wash feet meat. Who wants to eat feet meat, Jonathan? They don't have to know. Well, look at the crowd. They all know. Well, hopefully it's delicious. The the crowd of people are kind of giving you side looks. At the the announcement that you've brought meat, one of the bartenders has rushed on over. He does look very excited. He's like, oh, thank thank you. This is great. We've been waiting for this. I, I will tell Doravine right away. We'll, we will let her know. Smells like boar. Did you find boar? That is amazing. Where we did you find We found the fuck so out of some boar. Now, if but, you'll excuse us, we, we have we have. Give to us go. a receipt on, and then excuse us. Yes. I won't bore you with the details. God damn it, Jack. Roll for embarrassment. Uh, Fuck! Uh, I was going to do a bowl earlier. The bartender gives you a side look, not really getting your joke, and says, wow. Okay, it is going to take a few moments to tally all of this up. I don't know exactly what she offered you. Uh, if you want to wait about... A, a, she is busy at the you moment. You don't have to tell... Not the number, just write down how many pounds we gave you. Yeah. That's okay. good enough for us. We, we delivered the he meat. goes into the back we'll, to go we'll get some back. scales and comes out about ten minutes later with um, basically an, an arcane implement that looks like a, a, a scale and starts just one at a time very carefully measuring the meat. I grab the entire pa- thing and I just put it on there for him. Uh, it starts to tip and he goes, no, 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 wait, not so much, not so much. And it falls over and sloops on the side and the head kind of goes... And rolls off. I go pick Way up the go, head. Embarrassed. Way to go. He looks at you all and he says, I, I know who you are. I know Doravine knows who you are. If you if you are in such a hurry, if you want to just come back later, I I will tally this up and we will get it taken care of. Thank you. Don't Thank forget you. the head. And I put the head on the counter. I give the head a little pat. <laughs> he takes the head and he turns he immediately is like Fine, fine. And starts preparing all of the meat. He's measuring everything and weighing everything. Alright, you guys are... What you doing? Uh, um, we book. You're, you're heading back outside? We head back in the direction of the uh, of the sound, of the noise. Does that I mean... 15 minutes of catching our breath count as a short rest? <laughs> For you, yes, since you were riding on Carlton's back and wasn't really doing very much, sure, I will count that for you as a short rest. All right, uh, you head back out of town. At, at this point, once you get out of town, I will need everybody, including uh, Bernie, to make endurance checks. So go ahead and endurance is that uh, dex or strength? It's uh, go ahead and go ahead and just give me a, a constitution okay. check. So uh, constitution saving throw. Good. Thirteen. Uh, uh, Seventeen for magic muscular. How you're riding me? <laughs> I'm having some. How are you winded? So the good are news you going is. Like, Wee! <laughs> is that what you're doing on top of me? <laughs> well, you know I do like to vocalize my enjoyment. I'm rushing through the wind at about four and a half miles an hour. Oh my gosh. It's really important that everybody knows it. <laughs> 
So you leave the running king, and the whole way out of town, Bernie's just like, yay, giddy up, let's go. And she is just riding you hard. The three of you are doing a really good job of like pacing yourself this time. You get out of town. You're 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 jogging along at a good clip. You're making a really good time. Carlton, you hear coming from directly on top and in back of you this tiny little gnome. She's been yay! <laughs> and she just starts to hyperventilate in excitement. But unfortunately. Uh, because she's riding you, she just gets to hyperventilate while you're carrying her. I Heading through the door. like this. Jonathan, I need you to make an arcana check to see if you can remember where the sound of the voice came from. Ten. Okay. It is maybe in that direction? You're not sure. So... Well, let's, let's Wait, it was, it was in my head. Can I do any check against it? Or no? Uh, you. It was in your head, but it took Jonathan's arcane ability to kind of pull out the the telepathic message and gotcha. and peg it from a specific yeah, direction. I was I was the magical dousing rod. Can I do a perception to remember which way he pointed earlier? Yeah, you can give me a perception. Uh, and then a perception so 15. Jonathan points off in a direction he's like, I think it's off in this direction and you like push his hand a little bit more towards the west and go that way and head off and about five to ten minutes of of jogging later and stumbling through the trees and like pushing um, bushes out of the way. You think you're getting close. And are you just charging on forward? Do you want, do you want to do anything before you keep charging on forward? Uh, I want to stop and try and try and douse it again. So I, I, I go to Travancore. I'm like, Travancore, give me your brain. And I, and I put my hand on his head again and I start like, 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 Jesus, save me! Or, I'm sorry, Bay, save me! And I'm, I think I'm... the correct term is out, demons, out. You don't hear a word. <gasps> Were we too late? Oh, no, he was saved. Yeah. Uh, how would you... Thanks. Thanks, Carlton. Much obliged. Do you want to do anything <sighs> else, or do you want to continue to, to charge on forward? I don't about charging. Can we meander? Let's... <laughs> let's... Meander sounds good. Let's charge and see if, if we run into anything conspicuous like if there's an obvious like if there's a sign that said man buried here like then... gravestone yes <laughs> before we move forward like uh, i think i need to recover some of these hit points i lost in that battle right well the short page would the short rest do that or i need to do more or like a like a hit dice kind of regain uh you guys have already done a couple short rests so i'll let you if you want to roll your hit dice now um, okay unless you want to take a short rest right now but i'll any hit dice you want to roll, I'll count that as a previous short rest, since you've you've had several since killing the boar. Okay, so you push your way through some brush, kind of very quickly heading on towards the spot that between the three of you and some arcane knowledge, you're pretty sure that you you pegged where this sound was coming from. As you kind of break through another line of brush, you enter a a little clearing where the scene in front of you is is confusing and horrific you see a few humanoid creatures they are covered in fur and seem to have a weird backwards knees and the face of a jackal do they notice us oh well yes Damn it. <laughs> you have burst through the underbrush right behind where three of them are surrounding a creature on the ground it looks like they're in the process of finishing killing something 
there is a fourth one a few feet away kind of watching the whole procedure these these jackal type creatures with big fangs a couple of them have weapons they're wearing very loose loose fitting rudimentary armor they're snarling you said they're in the process of finishing killing him well as you burst through the underbrush they all turn and snarl at you and you can see very faintly something on the ground surrounded by the the three of them something purple and you can all roll initiative Oh Maybe we should spare the dying. Uh, well, can I go ahead and cast spare the dying since we have, like, the element of surprise? You do not have the element of surprise. They heard you coming. You burst through. So on your turn, you can do whatever you'd like. But for the moment, we are going to... Bernie got a nine. Uh, Jonathan. Six. Five. And Carlton. <laughs> Fifteen. It's one letter away from sucks. And Travancore. Lucky thirteen. Okay, and these guys... Oh, that's exciting. Oh, fuck. Oh, what, whoa. Wow. Uh, well. Fuck. At at least it was on initiative and not on an attack. Right. Yeah, but with our luck, it'll be the big fucker in the back. For those who don't... May not be able to see what we can see. Uh, One of the the bad guys just rolled a 20 on his initiative. A natural 20. 22, yeah. All right. So you guys come charging through the underbrush to the scene and they all turn and the the guy a little further away who is uh seems to be directing or or leading this this pack of hyena type things snarls something to the three guys and he pulls out a longbow. He drops his axe and pulls out a longbow and is going to attack Carlton because he was the first guy he saw. Of course. So it's going to be a 17 to hit. That will hit. All right. And the second attack is going to be a seven. So I assume not. No. All right. So the first arrow hits true as you kind of break on through the brush and you're going to take four points of piercing damage. And the second arrow. So it, it kind of wings you. And as you flinch back from the pain of that one, you see the second one coming at you and managed to dodge out of the way. And it avoids the person on my back, too, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does, actually. Okay. And Good. he's back, going to snarl at you, and then it's the end of his turn. And so, Carlton, it is your turn. All right, first I take Bernie, and I pick her up and throw her on the ground, or gently okay. drop her on the ground. I will consider that a bonus action. Okay. Uh, and then, since I just got hit by this big fucker, that's going to send me into a rage, and I'm going to go after him with my great axe. While raging. You you can charge right up to him without worry. Right. He is far enough away from his compatriots. So that will be a 13? Uh, 13 does not hit. Okay, then. He's wearing, as you can see, a little bit of armor. And yep. just unfortunately, it just clang right off of his armor. Anything else? Uh, that's all I really can do, I mean. All right, Travancore. So now I can do things other than shoot things with arrows, so that's kind of exciting. Um, you can. I looked at the Hail of Thorns uh, spell. Is that something I would do after I attack or before? That would be your attack. That would be your attack. It basically adds... You cast it, and then it adds damage to your next attack. 
Hail of Thorns. The next time you hit a creature with a ranged weapon attack before the spell ends, uh, which is basically up to a minute, the spell creates a rain of thorns that sprouts from your ranged weapon or ammunition. In addition to the normal effect of the attack, the target of the attack, and each creature within five feet of it must make a dexterity saving throw. On a failed, they're going to take uh, 1d10 piercing damage, and if they succeed, they're going to take half that. So basically you cast it on your arrow. And then you shoot the arrow, and then whatever you hit, and then everything within five feet of whatever you hit, take extra damage. It's also a bonus action, so you can, it doesn't take like a minor or, or standard action or even a move action to do. You just say you're doing it, and then you do it. Yep. So I can do it and attack. There's a bonus action. Exactly. It's, that's exactly what you do. You use one of your spell slots, and okay. you get to do this and do extra damage. I do this, and then I attack with arrows. Because just so you know, mm-hmm. it does say any creature within five feet. So that would include both enemies and allies. So I'll help you out on this first one. There are two of these jackal type things that are next to each other that are also far enough away from the creature on the ground that you can hit the two of them without hitting the creature on the ground. But be careful of that in the future. Or your party gotcha. member. Or your party member. Alright, so I'm rolling for for the arrows. Okay. Oh my god! <laughs> I hate you so much. I rolled a one, but with my bonus, it's an eight. No, it's a one. It doesn't matter. It's a one. It, yeah, it doesn't matter. once One's you a one. once you natural one. So you you grab an arrow of your quiver. You draw it. You speak the arcane words under under your breath to the arrow, and it sprouts these these sharp red thorns. You release the arrow, and you're so distracted by this this new ability that you've learned, and just what actually happened with the thorns on the arrow, that it, the, the arrow just goes wide. It doesn't hit either of the, the creatures, but it lands kind of in between the two of them. Hail of Thorns will still go off, so they will make dexterity saving throws, I believe it is. <sighs> yeah. Okay. So, what is your spell DC? My wisdom is plus two. So, it is a 12, is your okay. DC. So, the first uh, guy... Oh, yeah. <laughs> God damn it. He rolled a natural 20, so God 21. It. Again, it, at least it's not an attack. And it, will right. do half, and it will still do half damage. And here's the second guy. And that would be a 17. So both of them save, but both of them still take half damage. So go ahead and roll a d10. Okay. And I'll take half damage. I swear to God, if you roll a 1, I will fly to Philadelphia. It's showing d20 so far up your ass. 8! Alright, so Good. each of them you take 4 damage. Crap. <laughs> so this arrow lands and the thorns explode out of the arrow and each of these jackal creatures kind of go <laughs> and snarl and look at you angrily and now it is Bernie's turn okay guys don't worry I got this I cast Bane alright so Bane you get to pick up the three creatures which three would you like to pick three next creatures in the order the one with the bionic <laughs> okay they don't have bionic arms, it's just the, the picture is, they're armored. Uh, but, okay, so the three that are surrounding the creature on the ground. Alright, so... So, they make charisma saving throws, and my spell save DC is 12. Alright, and their charisma is horrible. So, here's the first one. <laughs> so, I don't think a three is gonna save. The second one... <laughs> Oh, that's a natural one. He's ugly, he is... and no one likes you. 
U G L Y. You ain't got no Here's alibi. You ugly. So that's an eleven for the third one. They all get baned. All right. What does Bane do? Bane basically says that whenever these targets make an attack roll or a saving throw before my spell ends, they must roll a d4 and subtract the number rolled from the attack or saving throw. And that's concentration, so you can just keep that up the whole, basically, the whole time. So, so remind, so at the beginning of each of your turns, remind me that you're keeping the concentration going unless you want to cast something else, and I will make sure they are baned. Cool. Anything else? Um, I turn to my, my compatriots and I say, look, it's a good thing someone's magic's working today. Yes, good thing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, it is their turn. One of them is going to rush on over and attack Carlton. Bring it on. One of them is going to lope on forward, kind of on, on back legs and front claw, and just like on three with his uh, glaive and his other claw and rush forward at Travancore. And the third one is actually going to keep trying to hit the thing on the ground. So let's go with the one on Carlton first. It's actually going to try to bite you. Okay. Uh, I don't think a 10 hits you. No, it does not. Also, All don't right. forget to roll your... Oh, yeah, that's right. Your the D4. Also, we're not doing Bane voice this time, right? Because we did that last time? No, 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 no. Okay. Uh, the second one that's on... Travancore, he is going to actually, he's rushing at you with a spear, and he's gonna try to just sink it into your side. Yeah, <laughs> no. Yeah, but, so a two, not even before we, we do the d4. He just trips on the spear. The one that's still over the guy on the ground is going to try to attack. Thanks to Bane, is actually going to miss. So that is a horrible, horrible round for our three jackal friends, as they completely, totally fail at all of their attacks, and it is Jonathan's turn. All right, well, we're here to save someone, so I am going to go ahead and move... I move away from Travancore and away from the group, so, like... Yeah, th there was some room in between you all, so you weren't right next to that, that jackal thing that came running up. I am going to magic missile the one that's hitting the downed guy and just him so three magic missiles it is at this point i'd like to remind everybody that if you would like to take part of your turn to say look at things to get a better description about what you're attacking or what you're trying to save you can do that can i do that as a minor action well we can see it's flying spaghetti monster if i ask you to roll i'll tell you if i if i need something more intensive than that but it, it would be just part of your turn to look at to take a look i, around I look and see what we're trying to save we're trying to save. Okay, yeah. so on the ground, now that the attackers have dispersed a little bit and you've kind of moved off to the side, you can take a look at this thing on the ground. It's small. It's only about two or three feet in diameter. It's this weird, round, puffy-looking thing that seem to have all of these tendrils coming off of them. You don't see any kind of head or mouth or anything. The tendrils seem to be waving in the air and you can see these slash marks and puncture marks from where the the attackers have been just poking it with the spear and slashing at it with with their glaives and it's without a a, ch a check of some sort you don't really recognize it i would take a nature check before i'm just gonna guess this might be that weird thing that 
Whalen wanted. That's my guess. Well, on your turn, you can also roll. But yeah, Jonathan, if you want to give me a nature check. Okay. I'll consider that a bonus action. He natured the fuck out of it. <laughs> yeah, oh God, that's pretty God. natural. Number. Uh, I feel like you're brushing your teeth with clay now. That is a 23. It's not a creature you recognize, but it does match. It does kind of spark your interest and match the description of of some old and dusty tomes that you've read about, about some creatures in the Underdark. You're, you're not getting a really good view of it. It seems to actually be upside down. And you're, you think if you can get a, a better look at it that you might confirm your suspicions, but at the moment, you're pretty sure this is some kind of weird Underdark creature, but you, you don't have a name. Okay. Well, three bolts incoming. Okay, at the the null the the guy that's hitting it. Yeah, so twelve damage total. Twelve damage. All right, it immediately stops poking at the thing on the ground and recoils with a yip, yip, and looks directly at you and is uh, bleeding and just pissed so off. So I do a flourish with my staff. I do a and I put it behind my back and I'm like. And you wave the, I, you do the I, I bring it on thing? It. I do the I do the taunt. You're like, come at me, bro. And then out of the corner of your eye, you you make eye contact with, with the gnome, the gnome cleric, hoping that the gnome cleric just saw you, you know, tell a dude, come at me, bro. But it is actually the the leader's turn. He is gonna once again go after Carlton. Uh he's going to he's actually gonna try to hit you twice with his glaive. So, first one... Wait, did you say to blave? Glaive. To blave. <laughs> so that'd be a 13 to hit? For, that one would miss. Okay, and the second attack? That was 17. Is that this will... is not one of the Bane guys, Bane. no. That will right. hit, but I have resistance. I'm assuming it does slashing damage, and I have resistance to that. It's gonna do slashing damage, so that is gonna be... <laughs> he continues to roll poorly, so that's six slashing damage, so you'll take three. All right. As his his first attack misses, but on the backswing he managed to catch you up your side, and it is your turn. All right. Well, I'm gonna start. Maybe uh, you know, first attack didn't do so well, so I'm gonna start going a little reckless on this guy while raging. I'm gonna do my great axe swing, and since I'm attacking recklessly, I get uh advantage. So the first one was a nine. I'm assuming that misses. That does. Swing and miss, and then twenty three. That definitely hits. All right. And then I will hit for uh, 12 since I'm raging. The leader gets hit. Anything else? No, because I can't back up because that'll give them opportunity. They will. So I'll just stand there and take it. All right, Travancore, you've got a guy right in front of you. Oh, boy. Uh, before I line up to attack, I shout, Are you the flump? Looking for recognition in the creature of any kind. So are you shouting it at the thing in front of you trying to kill you? or at the... um, Just beyond it, trying to get past the thing. Like, shout loud enough that, it, that the thing hears me. Okay, the roll a object. perception check. Okay. Ooh, I'll perception. let this be a minor action. Or not okay. minor. I'll let this be a, a bonus. Ouch. I just kidding. Hurts much. <laughs> 17. As you prepare your next attack, you make line of sight with this weird fluffy creature on the ground with the tendrils. You shout out to it. And after a moment, you do hear in the back of your head a familiar voice go, Uh, eh, Okay, so I understand that the it's not dead yet. The whole hail of thorns. Uh, it's like I, mean, I have to keep doing every turn, right? Yes, you would have to cast it again. But it's a bonus action, it. so it's basically freebie. 
But it uses up a spell slot. It uses up a spell slot, and you only That's have fine. so many spell slots before you have to take a long rest. Well, I've only used one, so let's go with some more arrows, tried and true. I'm willing to make a dex check if you need me to. Okay. 17. Is it, So are you doing the Hail of Thorns, or are you attacking? I'm doing the, I did the Hail of Thorns, and then I attacked. So the Hail of Thorns, I still have to make dexterity saving throws. Which Which one are you attacking? The one right in front of me. Okay. So there isn't another creature within five feet of the creature in front of you. Is it within five feet of me? It is within five feet of you, but the Hail of Thorns only affects a five-foot radius. So if you cast it, you're not going to get anybody else. Is that okay? You'll just that's, get this creature. That's fine. That's what I'm okay. saying, Jack. If you want to try for the big guy, the guy next to me, I'm willing to take a dex saving throw. Um, okay, I changed my mind. I'll go towards uh, the, the the two that are near Carlton. Okay, so which one are you going to make the attack on? The, the big bad one. Okay, so they need to make, what was it, dexterity saving throws? Yep. Well, does okay. it first, does it hit them at 17? So the Hail of Thorns goes off no matter what. Right. They have to make the dexterity saving throws. If he misses with the arrow like he did the last time, basically he just misses with the, the arrow. So the big guy... I rolled a 20 for my dex saving throw. All right, so you're going to take half damage. The big guy rolled a 17. Does that meet your save, DC? Yeah. It all right. It. And the smaller dude... Uh, rolled an 18. So it looks like all of them are taking yeah. half damage. So roll your arrow damage on the big dude first. Let's see, 2 plus 5, 7. Alright, and then go ahead and roll a d10 for the Hail of Thorns damage. Okay. Ah. Holy crap! 10! Nice. Alright, so everyone... <laughs> so the big guy, the small guy, and Carlton are all taking 5 damage. Sorry, bro! It's okay, I have 29 HP total, so I'm not too bad. All right, so you sink an arrow into this thing's shoulder as it kind of recoils a little bit and looks down. The thorns that have sprouted from it spray out in all directions, catching Carlton in the face, catching the other the other jackal thing in the side. Everybody kind of recoils and, and these things snarl. Carlton just kind of grins, and it's Bernie's turn. I grin and bear it. Are you still concentrating? Yes, I'm concentrating very hard. Okay. But does that mean I can't cast another spell? You you can. If you cast another concentration spell, you lose Bane. So basically, you can only have one concentration going on. If you cast a concentration, you'll lose the Bane. If you cast something else that's an instant, you can keep the concentration up. Or you can whack things with your mace. I mean, I do like hitting things. You can move up to the one. You can easily move up to the one next to Travancore. You can move up to the one next to Carlton. I think since Carlton's taking a bunch of the damage, I'm gonna use Sacred Flame, which is not a concentration. So I'm still concentrating. So and I'm gonna use it on the one that I've baned. And they have to make a saving they throw, do, which means the D4 comes into effect. So is this the one next to Travancore? Yes. Okay. And I'm going to make it. And they need a Dexterity saving throw. Well, that starts as an 8, so I think I've already failed. With the d4, failed. that's a really 5. Failed. That's what's important. And now I roll a d8. Yep, you give uh, me some damage. Roll a good roll. 7. Awesome. It was salivating in Travancore's direction, and this bolt of light kind of smacks it in the side of the head right by its ear, and it goes... <laughs> and it turns and looks at you, and now it is their turn. So first, we've got the one on Carlton is going to keep attacking him. He 
he is going yeah, he to is. He's Bane. Come he's at me, Bane. bro. He's going to try to bite you, and that's probably going to miss after the D4. So that's a 10. I think that misses. The one that's on Travancore is going to try to bite him. That's that's not going to do it, that's even with his bonus. It. We'll roll the D4 just in case. Nope, that's definitely not going to do it. Uh, the third one is actually going to lope forward and, and take Jonathan on. He's going to accept the come at me bro, and he's going to sprint at you and try to impale you with his spear. So that's going to be a 13 to hit. It bounces off my mage armor. All right. It does so. It bounces off and it snarls at you and nasty, stinky breath. And once again, all three of these guys fail. Jonathan, it is your turn. All right. Well, he's right up on me and I have this brand new quarterstaff here. I... I'm going to whack him with it. Whack away. Uh, 17. That hits. All right. Let's roll some two-handed damage. That's 10 damage. The whack. Awesome. You knock him over the head, and he doesn't even have time to react before he falls bonelessly to the ground dead. Well so as done. He, so Yay. I do the taunt, and as he's like, I, I grip my quarterstaff in two hands and just do a thwack across his face and he just like and falls over senselessly. <laughs> hey Jonathan, you want to taunt one of the ones next to me? <laughs> Anything else? Uh, I am going to move next to the cre- I'm going to move as close to the creature as I can. Okay, you can actually you kind of have to go around just to avoid being next to the 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 bad yeah, guys, but you you can get up next to it. Now that you're right next to it, you actually now hear the the soft gurgly <gasps> you came in the back of your head. Oh, we came. Not that kind of fluffy creature. All right, and it is the the guy in charge. It is his turn. He's going to snarl something at the guy next to him, uh, one of his pack mates. And the first thing is that guy, so this is the the smaller creature, is actually going to try to hit you, or is going to try to bite you. Really? You can do that off turn. Nice. So that's going to be an 18 versus your armor class? Yeah, the small one is the one that attacked. Yeah, so that'll hit. (laughs) <laughs> but I'm resistant to piercing, so... That's three piercing damage. You you take so, one. The big guy... Uh, I've taken 14 damage so far by 29, so I'm at 15 health left. Well, the big guy is going to attack you uh, twice with his glaive and try to put another dent in How come that? the little guy got to go off turn? Oh, that's not fair. Because his leader has an ability that lets him do that. So I know. Here comes the first attack. That's going to be gonna a 19 hit. versus your AC. That's gonna hit. What's he hitting me with? The glaive. To oh, glaive, and that's going to be a, a not a natural twenty. So he's going to hit. Both you. of them hit. All right, he's going to hit you twice. First hit. <sighs> that's going to be twelve slashing damage. You take half. So six. Six. Second hit. That's going to be eleven slashing damage. So you you take five. So he is super pissed and wants your you out of his. Hey face. guys, I have four health left. And it is your turn. Guess I'm going to have to hit them because if I back up, they're going to hit me regardless. This is true. Which one would you like to go after? Uh, the big guy hits me harder, so. The big guy does gonna hit go for big Okay. Uh, 17. Would that hit or do you want me to roll my second one for a reckless? That definitely hits. If you want right, let to. Let me roll just in case I crit. Yeah, if you 20. want to crit nope. fish, go for it. Yeah, no. All right. All right. You hit it. And then 
That's going to hit for 16 plus 2 because I'm raging 18. All right. How do I want to do this? How do I want to do this? How do I want to do this? <laughs> yes? Not just yes? yet. Damn it! So it, it yelps and snarls at you, but it is still standing. Anything else? Fuck. Uh, hey, you got any of that uh, make me feel good stuff? <laughs> kind of hurting. Travancore, it's your turn. Okay, so I see that I have uh, Hunter's Mark as well. I can apply that as a bonus action. I don't want to risk the thorn thing because I can kill Carl if I, if I try it. You will kill me. I have yeah. four health. Okay, so let me apply uh, the Hunter's uh, Mark, and I'm going to mark the uh, the big guy. Now this, I believe, is going to be your last spell slot. Yeah, yeah, I only have two, so this is the only other one I have left. I only have two spells, so that can kind of work out pretty well. Well, you can you can use the spells. Um, so basically you get three slots. But you can okay. use any of the spells as many times as you have slots for. So you could you could have done Halo Thorns three times, you could have done Hunter's Mark three times, or any combination of the three. But you can only cast three spells a day, basically. So th- oh, okay. So this would be your third for the Hunter's Mark, and you're doing it on the big guy. Yep. All right. Go ahead and roll your. Uh, that just happens, if I remember correctly. So just roll yeah, your attack bonus. and. Yep, so until the spell ends, you deal an extra 1d6 damage to the target whenever you hit it with a weapon attack, and you have advantage on any, a a couple different checks. So, he gets to do extra damage. 25. Wow. Oh, 25! Oh, that definitely hits. Alright, so now I'll do, switch back to my 8. Yep, your 8, and then the extra Hunter's Mark damage. So that's 5 plus 5 is 10, and then the d6 doesn't get any bonus, it's just an extra d6, right? That's correct, it's just an extra d6. Okay. And hopefully this is enough. Four. Uh, it is enough. You nail it right kind of in the side of the head as it's reaching out to snap its jaws right around Carlton's neck. It The arrow just sinks right up into its jawline and it, it and falls over dead. Thanks, bro. You got it, man. All right. Anything else? Let me look around and say, um, I mean, try and reach out to the flump one more time. Is that, is that possible? Like, can I say, like, how are you or... Uh, How's your you day can go try and like give me another perception check. Okay. <laughs> you do also have a guy in How front of you. So. Die, and you are making polite conversations. I'm just trying to reassure them, being like, help us on the way, or we're doing our best here. 18. Okay, you don't hear... I want to try to get as much information as possible. You don't hear anything back, but you you do feel like it's it's just conserving its energy. Like, you get the sense that it, it can hear you. You're not exactly sure how. Uh, Bernie, okay. it's your turn. Okay, so I did remember that last time I used Guiding Bolt, but that means I have two spells left left. So I'm going to run really fast up behind Carlton and grab him by the Achilles tendon. So there's, like, Carlton between me and the things that might be hitting me after I do this. And and I'm going to use Cure Wounds, which means I touch him with Punch. And I get 1d8 plus spellcasting ability modifier, which is good. Oh, good. You get 8. Thanks, little bro. I'm not a boy. Bro bro is gender neutral. But you're welcome. Oh. No, it's not. But we'll have that feminist discussion later. Okay. These guys are rather shaken by the fact that their leader was just cut down. And And I'm still concentrating. Okay, so they still got Bane. They are actually going to run. So, Travancore, yeah, both of you are going to get attack of opportunities. Let's start with the Carlton one, because that'll be the easier one, because that's just a straight melee. So he is going to try to bolt, go ahead and roll a basic, your your melee attack. Alright, and then, because I'm still reckless, 12 and 14. That does hit. Alright. 
Yeah, Actually, no, I'm sorry. That doesn't hit. Oh. He's got a 15. I was looking at the wrong thing. So you just, like, he suddenly turns and starts to run on all fours, and you just miss. Travancore, you get an attack of opportunity on this guy, but it has to be a melee attack. Do you have a melee weapon? I do have short swords. Okay. Oh, boy. So if you want to pull one out and and try to do a single attack against this guy as he tries to run away? I don't think I get any kind of balance bonus on this, but uh, or it bounces out to zero. But, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Might as well try. Eleven. No, you just... You're no. fumbling to grab the short sword and kind of get the longbow out of the way, and he's he's just gone. Uh, so these guys are going to run off into the distance, both of them kind of in different directions. They get about... They, they get far enough away that they're into the underbrush, and you can just barely see them by the end of this turn. And we'll stay in, in order just in case, but unless you... I, if you guys want to go after them, you can, but right now it's Jonathan's turn. I will go up to the Heffalump and Woozle. Sorry, I was away from my mic. And I will... Let me see. What can I do to it? Oh, I don't want to medicine that. Oh, no. I'll hurt him. Uh, I try and reestablish the arcane bond that I had to tell him to tell him that it's going to be okay. Okay. That you don't even have to roll for that. You kind of kneel down next to this thing. Its tendrils are 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 alternating between kind of this very quick, pain-filled motion and kind of a more gentle wave. And you say some encouraging words to it. And in the back of your mind, very weakly, you can hear it say, I knew you'd come. And I say, Medic! Oh, that's me! <laughs> Carlton! You're up next. Is that you no, chase these things? Is that no far, too far for me to run up and try to hit him? He is 60 feet away at this point. Uh, that is, I am 30 feet. But I have a javelin, which I can throw for 60 feet, so I'll try that. All right. Roll your javelin attack. Nope. <laughs> well, <laughs> we don't, Natural we don't one. Get any critical failures for a while, and we all, we're all getting him out now. So you grab your javelin and you're you're still kind of recovering from being so close to death that you feel a little bit better thanks to your your gnomish friend but you just don't really have the strength in it and the 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 spear just you know 20 feet away just kind of plops anything else can i try to throw a hand axe instead <laughs> <laughs> on your next turn if you would like to do you want to move anywhere or are you going to stay there uh, i'll move closer to to the one that was running away from me. Okay, so what's your movement? 30. Alright, so you can get within 30 of it. And Travancore, what would you like to do? Okay, I have a ranged weapon, so am I still able to hit one of these guys, or are they just gone? Uh, chances are your range can hit them. What is the range on your weapon? Oh, and as I'm running towards the my knoll that I'm chasing, I grab the javelin that I kind of didn't throw very well off the ground. Okay. Just so I don't lose it. Travancore, I'm, I am almost positive that the longbow has a, a range of 60 feet. So if you want to go ahead and attack that, go for it. I uh, will do. I'm going to go for the one that is off to the right. Okay, the one that was on top of you? Yeah, because that's not cool. 14. It just misses. It, it just, like, you think you might have nicked an ear, at, but you it was super close. Yeah, your the range on your longbow... Yeah, it's 150 feet, and then you can go up to 600, but you'll be at disadvantage for the attack. Gotcha. Okay. Bernie, it is your turn. What would you like to do? 
run up to the, the squishy thing, and I have a spell slot that I can use, and I guess I should, like, could I do a medicine check in the sense that I could, like, see how much damage has been done to it? Absolutely. Okay, so I get to roll uh, my proficiency bonus on that, so it's a plus two. Okay, so, well, I get a six total, I guess, on that. So, the six so what's your, uh... What's your wisdom modifier? My wisdom modifier is a plus two. And, and then she gets her medicine? proficiency, so she gets an yeah. eight. So now you have an eight. Instead of yeah. Oh, I have an eight. Yep. I have to know something about the squishy thing. You're really unfamiliar with this thing. It is not like anything you're familiar with at all. It doesn't look like any above-ground creature. You're, you're pretty sure this is something from the Underdark, but you've never really seen anything. It looks hurt. There are gashes, and there's like this deep purple liquid coming out of them so it it looks it looks hurt and the fact that it seems to be upside down these tendrils if you're if you seem to feel like the tendrils should be feet or legs or something so it it seems to be laying on its back and as you come up to it and kind of put your hand on it to inspect the wounds and and see what you could gather you do hear in the back of your head hey you but you're really unsure how hurt this thing is. So putting my hand on it doesn't hurt me. It's not like a jellyfish. It's soft and it kind of feels like a cold pillow. It's it's not unpleasant, but it's got basically a, a very light, hairy sheen on it. It's got a, a little bit of give to it. It doesn't take hardly any pressure for you to, to feel like you could press into it. And it's it's surprisingly cool. Could you just cast but a, no, it does not a healing spell on it? Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. Call me when you're selfie, I'll go. Medicine takes time. All right. All right. So I say, hi. Um, You do that psychic thing. I had an aunt once that used to try to talk to our dishwasher. Um, very different, as it turns out. But so how's about we make you feel a little better? And I rub my hands together. And I slap them down in a very gentle manner. Um, and I use Cure Wounds. I use okay. my very last spell slot. Now I've got to go back. Okay, so what's the total? Six! Nice! The wounds close up and you get the sense that it is... It is feeling much better. The the kind of jerkier movements of some of its tendrils calm and now are moving in a, a much more natural way. Some of them kind of wrap around its back and kind of like a crab riding itself, it now pushes itself off the ground, flips over, and immediately begins to hover in the air in front of Bernie and Jonathan about two or three feet off the ground. It's... As I said, it's it's about two and a half, three feet in circumference. It seems to be this round thing that has uh, a few extra stalks that you can now see now that it's righted itself that have eyes on it. And there is a mouth on the main body. It immediately responds to you, but the mouth doesn't move. It does say, thank you, as it hovers there. You're welcome. At this point, the... The hyena-type jackal things are going to keep running. They're going to get another 60 feet off into the distance just to speed things up a little bit. Um, Carlton, at this point, it is uh, 90 feet away from you. Do you still want to pursue? I don't think a javelin... Well, actually, if I run another 30, I can throw the javelin. 
You could. Would you Would you like to try? Yeah, why not? Okay, go for it. 20. That does hit. For seven. Okay. It stumbles a little bit as this javelin comes hurling out of the, the forest, kind of catching it in the back of the thigh and then landing a few feet away. But it stays up and it continues to run. Uh, how far is the the one that was closest to me? How far away is it? From you, uh, at this point, it is now 120 feet. All right. I'm going to try and firebolt it on its way out. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you can get a, a hit on it. And uh, Travancore, you can you can try to get another hit on it before it's going to escape. So go ahead and roll me some attacks. Sure. Uh, that's 17 for me. Oh, that 10. That misses. So your arrow yeah. goes wild. The firebolt lands on on its back. Uh, nine damage. Okay, it stumbles, and you can see smoke pouring off of its back as you've kind of set maybe the the leather armor that it had on fire. But it keeps going, and it's they're both gonna get away at this point. They're they scamper off into the into the forest, and we will call ourselves out of initiative. Uh, it's going to be 550 XP for the lot of you. Uh, meanwhile, the flump is now happily floating in front of you guys. And I look uh, at and I say, I really thought you looked more like a rabbit. I, say, I don't know what a rabbit is. Is it fluffy? They're very fluffy. And they have ears. Hello, flump. How are you? My name is Jonathan the Magimuscular, and I am awesome. I'm also a powerful mag magician wizard i guy. can see thank you so much i have i have a question for you though do you want to return to that guy and emotion back to town in inferring the uh the the shady ass salesman that was that had him what, Whalen? or do you want to do you want to us to tell Whalen that we couldn't find you so you can go home the creature in your mind lets out a almost a sigh and it sinks just about a half a foot towards the ground and then Boyun sees back up and says he saved my life but he now imprisons me and all I want to do is go home then we can tell him that we didn't find you flump? I didn't see a flump did you guys see a flump? what the fuck's a flump? I am forever grateful if there is anything I can do for you. I do have some information and uh, we would if, we are listening. If I could ask for your help one more time. What do you, what do you need, Flump Bro? I am trying to get to a cave nearby that'll take me back to the underdark. But those gnolls are everywhere, and they just want to eat me. It is only a few miles away. Can you help? We will help, I but perhaps we, we should do. make camp uh, before we do so. Yes. It is, it is about one o'clock in the afternoon, so you could make, a, you could take a short rest, but it... It would be really hard to go to sleep at this point and get a full eight hours. You could return to town if you'd like, whether or not the flump would want to go along with that or not. Uh, it's only a few miles, right? Yeah, let's let's go on a slow hike. Yeah. 
a leisurely Plus, pace so that we could take a like short rest. Would you like to ride in my saddle? It's really comfy and it doesn't smell. I put a spell on it. Can I put a uh, like a little blanket over her, like a birdcage, so she just falls asleep? The flump? No. Uh, Birdie? <laughs> yeah. Just put a blanket over her, she falls so she asleep. She recover her healing spells. The, the flump seems very flattered by your offer, but it is wide enough that it's very obvious it's not going to fit. I will, I will tell you some of the secrets that I know. As we head towards the cave. And it begins to kind of gently float off in a northerly direction. You guys gonna... Uh, yeah, I keep pace so I'm walking alongside it. Yeah. Okay. Same. 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 Alright. Do you have anything in specific you'd like to ask it? Do you know anything about cultists of Tiamat? Oh, yes. There is many in this area. That is why it's taken me so long to find someone. Who will come to my aid? You are the first good beings I could reach out to. The dragon in this area is especially worrying. Wait a minute. Hold on. Wait, dragon? The dragon? So yes, it's, it begins to describe to you as you walk along that it knows of an adult blue dragon in this area within several miles. Oh, holy shit. It's, it's, um, it is, not only is it positive that there is an adult blue dragon very close by, it continues to say, however, it is not happy to be here. It's here, like me, against its will. Oh. Huh. Huh. Maybe we could free the dragon. No, we don't <laughs> want to do that. I, I, I explain why. I explain the difference. Are are there still differences between chromatic and uh and oh, yes. dragons? Oh yes. Okay. So I uh, knowing what I know about dragons, as as a wizard, I probably know quite a bit about dragons. I do speak draconic. No need to imagine. Yes. So <laughs> I, I describe so the difference between the good metallic dragons and the generally irredeemably evil chromatic dragons. And I say that if they're on the one hand, a blue dragon being held against his will means that it's not out killing things. On the other hand, if they're siphoning its power somehow, that's also not good. The flump speaks up at this point and says, It is not physically in danger, but it is here for reasons I cannot figure out. Attacking those others want dead. So the blue dragon is attacking cultists of Tiamat? No. The cultists. The cultists are asking it to attack others. They have it controlled somehow. Not mentally, but they have a hold on it. It is angry. So if they're blackmailing it somehow... I do not know the details. They've got pictures of it with a young red dragon. He does not want to think about the details. They probably have its young. Dragons are not prolific beings. So if they were hold if they had its eggs hidden and it was fairly confident that it could torture the information out of them, 
then it pro- then it may act in this way to try and preserve its young. I'm just I'm just spouting out. We're just, we're just talking here. Yeah, we're, you're we're just, just chatting. Talking as just you chatting. kind of. It's a nice easy walk through the the woods. the The day continues to be nice and nice and bright. You've gone about a, a mile. It thinks a little bit about what you've had to say, and then it continues and says, "There are kobolds nearby. I have had to avoid a large group with a treasure they have acquired." treasure you say if you pull out your map it's happy to to point at the location it's about 20 miles north of greenest the the flump describes that it it's not seen this encampment but it's felt cobalt in the area and kind of picked out of their brains some of this information um and it it actually describes a group of cobalts that was in a a farmstead that when it was with whalen that they passed that he, he felt suddenly disappeared and he doesn't know why oh we took care of that (laughs) good they were nasty creatures do you have a name that you prefer my name and then so a noise happens in your head and a a series of garbled sounds that almost sound like five or six different voices layered on top of each other and it it that's a bit difficult for us to pronounce do you mind if we call you flumph Mm, I would find that funny. <laughs> what do you know about Greenest? You were there for a little while with, with Waylon, I believe. Not much. I have never been inside. Waylon was too concerned with his menagerie. The unicorn is fake. Told oh, you. We gathered that. But what he doesn't know is that it's not a female. He keeps trying to milk it. It's very funny. I chuckle. (laughs) Yeah, I told you like that part too. Um, can I ask you a question about the menagerie? Yes. Would those animals be better off outside of it? Or no longer there, period? There was like a mushroom chicken thing, I think, that made everybody's brain hurt. The trigger. Oh yeah, somebody touched it. It is uh, a plant. Do. <laughs> he explains that as a plant, it's just a plant. It doesn't really have any feelings or anything. Uh, it thinks for a moment about the the animals that are there in the menagerie and says, "There are none that are mistreated." Whalen took very good care of all of us, but I do wish to go home and at this point it stops and it says we approach the cave but we are not the only ones here and i need perception checks from everybody oh boy flump what do you what do you hear in your head what's ahead of us more more of them they want to eat me well we ain't gonna let them buddy that's right Eleven. Eleven. Twenty-one. Uh-oh. Someone perceived something. Carlton, what was yours? I missed it. Thirteen. Okay. Oh, actually, oh, this is perception, not uh This is not perception. Initiative. Whoops. Oh, I get a plus two on that. Mine's a thirteen. Okay. All of you kind of stop as the flump warns you and crouch down. It, it also 
sinks down close to the ground. You're in front of some more shrubs and kind of a, a tighter knit bit of trees. So it's a little hard to see, but Jonathan can just barely peer through the underbrush and see that the one of the uh, hyena beings that you guys had fought, the, the same one actually that ran away from Travancore, has made it to what looks like the, the entrance to a very, very small cave. And it's talking to two or three, you can't quite tell, of the same kind of beings. There's, they're not trying to be quiet, so all of you can kind of hear it now that Jonathan kind of stops and points them out. And it's, it's a lot of yipping and growling and you hear some snapping and then just, just really harsh guttural language. Say we sneak up on them and try to surprise them. I think they speak, or they used to speak Infernal. But I don't speak that either. Do any of you speak Noel? No. No. Then you do not understand Noel, what they're saying. Nope. <laughs> Noel, Noel. <laughs> we don't know that. There are Noel knowns and Noel unknowns. <laughs> the flump uh. laughs, but there's a god above your head who scowls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I said flump. Do you know what I was whispering for a dramatic effect? Asking, does flump know? what they are thinking so that yeah does the flump speak gnome uh the no but they're mind readers the flump immediately says they want to eat me they want to eat me they've never tasted flump and they think it's delicious and it quivers so as long as nobody dies nobody <laughs> <laughs> i have cantrips yeah i have yeah, I have stuff still in the tank, so let's do this. Would you have said that, that that our leisurely hike here was a short rest? Yes. Yeah, you would have been, or the you would have had the the short rest when you were reviving the flump and kind of before you left. All right. Well, now I'm gonna roll my hit die then. So yes, if anybody would like to roll hit die, if I would like to do that now. Five. Spend all my time <laughs> healing your asses. Well, if we keep them around each other, I do still have sleep. Well, should we try to do our surprise attack so we can kind of do that before initiative? I have a question on sleep. Okay. It says I rolled 5d8 and the total is how many hit points of creatures I can affect. Yes. Is that remaining hit points or hit points that they started with? I believe it is remaining hit points. I will double okay, check. That's, that's good to know. So if we can hurt them a bit, I can sleep them and maybe end the fight a little bit early. But I might sleep some of you. So if you feel sleepy... Just go with it. Just go with it. I can okay. bane them You'll so okay. that they can't saving throw that sleep. The way sleep works, you do you pick a, a an area, and it starts with the creature with the lowest current hit points, and then it moves on from there. So you would you would need to affect you would need to roll amazingly high to get more than several creatures in a row. Right. And how many are we dealing with again? Possibly four. You're not sure. You know there's the one that was in the, the fight with you, and then you, you you think there might be two or three more, but you're unsure unless you wanted to get a little closer or you wanted to try to spy on them some more. But right now, you think you can see and hear about three. And about how far would you say they are? They're about 50 feet away at this point. Okay, then I'm good. I can just stay where exactly where I am and hit anyone I want. Well, I mean, we could kind of, like, surprise them and... Because Flump need to go... Should we try to, like, sneak around and flank them? But there's... Isn't there a cave? It's around. 
So looking around where you are, it's it's a little bit obscured because of the, the underbrush and, and the trees have gotten a bit thicker out here. It seems like you've reached the part of the forest where the, the mountains are starting to creep on in. So it's gotten a little more rocky. The cave is recessed into the ground. So it's not like, oh, you've come across a, a big opening. You you basically see about a five foot diameter, almost like a, a hole in the ground that these these things are, are clustered around. The ground gets a little bit rocky and the, the trees kind of have crept up upon it. So at least on the, the side that you're on, the trees are really, really thick. As you move through the brush and kind of break through these brushes, there's a little bit of a rocky clearing where this hole is and then the trees start up again. So you, you think you could probably spread out a little bit and, and creep around these guys, but it is broad daylight. And uh, once you break through that underbrush, it's going to be pretty easy to see you. So do I have line of effect to the group from where I am? Uh, you do, yes, because you, you've spotted them. The rest of the, the rest of you guys know. Okay, I'm going to stay here. Flump, why don't you stay behind me and, and maybe even go hide? We're going to go take care of these guys real quick. I will stay and help how I can. All right. That's, I appreciate that's a good that, Flump. flump. I like your attitude. That, I, I, you're, you're a bro, Flump. You really are. You're Flump, bro. Get that Flump. Name, it guys. it Flump reaches bro. out with one of its tendrils and holds it up to you like a fist. Pound. It's it's a squishy fist, and you, you I don't, like you go it's to good enough. It's good enough. Go to do the knuckle thing, and then as soon as you touch it, it's kind of like touching a, a a velvet glove. It just completely depresses, and then it pulls away, and you hear in your head it chuckle. <laughs> All right, let's guys. We got this. Let's do this. <laughs> Let's do it for Flumpy. For Flumpy. All right. For Flumpy. Okay. So all while right. while you all make some plans here and tell me what you want to do, I'll get everything out here on the board. So tell me, tell me where you're going, what you're doing. I am going to. So, which from what I can see, which one of the knolls looks hurt the most? One of them is the one that was attacking Travancore, and that guy is is pretty hurt. He is. He is. Surprisingly wounded. I am going to hit the guy he's talking to with my best spell, and then once, then if you can, if you want to focus down that guy, that's the the wounded guy, that's fine. Once you get anyone else down a little bit, like hurt, hit him a few times, I'll try and sleep them, sleep them all. Okay. Can it's good plan. Would it be possible to sneak up to do a surprise attack? Well, yeah, I'm gonna cast as soon as I cast my spell. You guys rush in. So I'll get a surprise round, and then we'll go into initiative. Right, but will we all get surprised, or...? It's going to depend on what exactly you do. Uh, chances are, yes, Jonathan just casting a spell from the... They, they they haven't noticed you. So at this point, anything you do would be a surprise. Uh, rushing up, you'd probably you'd probably get a surprise attack in on them, but they're, they're a good, you know, 50 feet away, so it's going to take a little bit to, to rush well, up Well, yeah, to I won't be able to get to them. So and... your surprise action would be to... It had to be ranged. Move or shoot. What if yeah. we did some sneaking to the edge of the brush? Yeah, can I sneak to be within 30 feet? That might cost us our surprise round. It looks like there's probably only another 10 feet of, of underbrush in the way before things start to thin out dramatically, so... Right. Well, I still, have, uh, I still have some ranged weapons, so I'll, I'll go ahead and throw a javelin when we decide to attack all at once. I think Sacred Flame is ranged. Yeah. Sacred Flame we'll, is ranged. We'll all use our ranged stuff, and then we'll, we'll, we'll roll in. Okay. 
All right, so who's doing what first? I'm going to pick... So which of the... I'll pick uh, the one closest to me Okay. as my chromatic warp target. And that one's one that's not hurt. Uh, the one that's furthest from you guys at the moment is the most hurt. What I'm going to have everybody do is roll initiative. I'll let you guys go first, basically. You'll you'll have the first round, and then we'll start again at the top of the order after that. So everybody roll initiative. Bernie, <laughs> what's your number? One. And Jonathan? 21. And Carlton? Four. And Travancore? Eight. Well, isn't it a good thing y'all rolled, y'all get the surprise round. So, (laughs) all right, Jonathan, you get to go first. What are you doing? All right, I am going to range spell attack. I'm going to go ahead and do lightning, or actually thunder. I'll do thunder. This chromatic orb. So I need to do a range touch attack. I nail his ass. Oh, yeah, you clearly hit. He doesn't even see it coming. All right. Eh. 14 damage. 14 nice. thunder damage. Thunder damage. All right. It uh, drops to its knees. It doesn't die, but it, it's just struck by this thunderous wave. And it, it looks... It went from looking pretty nasty and hearty to it's super hurt. Um, and next up is Travancore. All right. I think I'm out of spells, right? Because I used all my three. You used all your three. Not so it's back to arrows then. Fundamentals. Okay. Who are you attacking? I'm attacking the one that's the strongest. Okay. There's one that's not been hurt at all. There's one that yeah. Jonathan just hurt, and there's the one that you hurt before. Uh, The one that I hurt before then, actually. Okay. And 23 does hit. Cool. Plus... Are you sure you don't want to hit the strongest one? Well... That's the one you said before. That was the plan. To kind of Do I have the, the chance to roll it back, Lauren? The strongest one no, right now? No. He said... You said the strongest one first. I did. Then you, then you changed your mind to the one that you had hit. Okay. But I have to change my mind back. I'm asking. I'll let you in this case. Okay. Next time, not so lucky. Well, I think, he got con- I think Jack, or I think uh, uh, Travancore got confused a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what happened. He starts to aim Wink. towards the, the guy that he had been attacking before that attacked him just out of instinct. And Jonathan just like grabs his arm and yanks it to look at the, the other guy. He's just like, no, 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 that guy, that guy, that guy. And somehow he still gets his shot off, even though I'm totally interfering. Because I'm that good. <laughs> that's why. All right, what's oh, your damage? Oh, shoot, five. Plus three, right? Yeah. Well, that's with the... Oh, yeah, with plus three. All right, so eight damage. As this this multicolored orb slams into the one guy, an arrow just sinks into the chest of the other. They are all now pretty hurt. Carlton, it's your turn. All right, I'm going to throw one of my javelins at the one that uh, Travancore just hit. Okay. For 21. And that hits? And it will do... Oh. Nine damage. Uh, this axe just sinks into its shoulder and it, it drops, it, it, it kind of stumbles and it drops its glaive and it's still alive, but it is super hurt. All right. Blow them all up. Bernie. Can I make like them all up? A, a medicine check to see which one is the least hurt? Uh, It's not a medicine check, but you can give me a perception check to see which one looks the most dead. Okay. She perceived the fuck out of it. <laughs> okay. The Why one... did you roll the nat 20 on a perception well, check? You should have just attacked! You should have just attacked! the current hit points for everything standing there. <laughs> well, I feel I won't... like I heard that right. I won't metagame for you, but I will say, the the one that Carlton just sunk his axe into looks a hair's breadth away from dead, 
the the next one would be the one that Jonathan chromatic orbed almost to oblivion. The third one would be the one that was in the original fight. And while it's it's still pretty hurt, it's right now actually the most healthy. But all of them are looking like they they could drop dead at any moment. I I'm a sacred flame that third one. Because okay. the idea is that Jonathan will cast put them sleep. to sleep. Sleep. Um, Magical sleeper which hold requires a charisma saving throw. <laughs> okay, that's good. I love it. I love it because he is the I magic muscular. That's the actual. That's the motion that he does for the spell. Yeah, it's like... not gonna. <laughs> no, and he's got a negative two charisma, so it's even worse than the nine. And so I cast the D eight plus my uh, spell modifier. Pretty good. Ten damage. Nice. He drops dead. Just gone. He just goes up in flames, and I'm like, that's right. He goes up in holy flames, which is holy even flames. more impressive. And I'm like, ugh. Thank you, Bay. We are in the regular initiative, Jonathan. Bay. It is the top of the round. Alright. Let's see. Within 20 feet of me, I'm trying to see the area of effect. It is 20 feet of a point you choose within range. Okay, so I am going to put it, I'm going to put the origin of the spell in the back, so that the front covers them. Okay. So here we go. Here is how many hit dice I can, or hit points I can affect, and that's twelve. All right, and it's. And then I think they have to make a save. Starting with the creature that has the lowest current hit points, each creature affected by the spell falls unconscious until the spell ends. So, a creature's hit points must be equal to or less than the remaining total for that creature to be affected. Undead and creatures immune to being charmed aren't affected by the spell. Okay, so you rolled twelve. Yes. Okay. The one that you chromatic orb is still awake. The other one falls immediately to sleep. So the one on the okay. right is still up. Uh, it looks a little groggy, but it is still awake. The- I-, I rolled like crap on that. Yeah, you did. You rolled <laughs> well enough to put one of them to sleep. Would you like to do anything else? Uh, no. I actually... I I ready and this really is only for for flair. I ready my uh my quarterstaff. Okay. Because I know I'm about to get charged. It is their turn. Remember, they're like sixty feet away, so they won't be able to hit it unless they have movement of sixty. They won't be able to reach you. And one of them sleeping. Shh! Don't wake, baby. No. Okay. Until the spell ends, the sleeper takes damage, or someone uses an action to shake or slap the sleeper awake. So there's no saving throw. Oh, it's one minute. Okay. Yeah, right. Which in game times is a lot of time. Ten rounds. The the one that's awake looks at the companion on the ground and it looks like he thinks he's dead because he just turns and runs. And he bolts off into the forest. He very quickly gets about 60 feet. At this point, because he was 50 feet away, so now he's 110 feet away and he's just gone. And so unless... For the next minute, we are out of initiative. What would you like to do? Oh, wait, Can wait, I go wait. chop his head off? You I want to hit Absolutely him with my coup de gras him. I don't want to say wake up, bitch, but then it hits him. Well, so wait. So who who's doing what? You've got this sleeping... Let's No, just kill him. Just kill him. Yeah, I'm just going to chop his head off. All right. Okay. As the fabulous Matt Mercer would say, how would you like to do this? I walk up and I chop his head off. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I see the sleeping knoll on the ground. He's there. You got the axe sticking out of him and arrow sticking hold on. out of him. I say, hold on, hold on. I say, and I, I, I lean down at him. I put his hand, my hand on his chest and say, nothing but dreams, bro. Nothing but dreams. <laughs> <laughs> the gnome, as you touch it and as you speak to it, 
it its eyes just start to flutter open and you can see this slightly glazed slightly confused look on its face just before Carlton's axe just severs as I, it. As I'm swinging down, I say, the man who passes the sentence should swing the axe. And I behead him. <laughs> and his head rolls a little bit. And that slightly confused expression stays on through death. As you do that, the flump floats forward kind of eagerly. Immediately head towards the, the hole in the ground. Stops for a second, turns to you and says, I can never repay you for your assistance. Greenish faces danger. If you're other people of your kind that might be able to help us, please spread word of the danger that's coming. I will. I don't know if there's much we can do against Tiamat, but I will warn all I can. Thank you, friend. Bye, Flumfernutter. <laughs> Bye, Flump bro. It immediately disappears down into the the hole. And a couple of seconds later, you hear very faintly in your head, Goodbye! So, Underdark Trip? Guys, Underdark I, trip? my allergies, my allergies are, are, are really acting up. Just just don't don't look at me. It's okay, bro. Bros don't cry. <laughs> Alright. Uh, so you guys get 200 experience for killing those Ooh, two Ooh, yes! uh, you also get another 200 experience for helping the flump reach the cave. So 100 each. That's, that's 100 each. And that'll get us level 3. And we're actually going to end it there. As you guys Dang. have done your good deed for the day. Thanks for listening to Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. Follow us on Twitter at Dungeon Drunks or at our host podcast at Glibshark or www.glibshark.com. And see you next encounter.